You're listening to On Human Rights, where we bring you interviews with experts from around the world on the latest issues affecting human rights and international humanitarian law. My name is Gabriel Stein. We're broadcasting from the Rao Wallenberg Institute of Human Rights in Lund, Sweden. Today we have a special interview for you with our Stockholm office director, Malin Aud. She sits down with John Stauffer, the legal director at the NGO Civil Rights Defenders. In this podcast, they talk about hate speech, freedom of expression, and the presence of neo-Nazis at the political week of Almadalen in Sweden. Thanks for listening. John Stauffer, thanks for joining us. We, um, we actually met here last year. Uh, to discuss one of the big uh, topics uh, that is sort of the elephant in the room yeah. or sort of uh, a wet uh, blanket over Almedalen, I would say, yeah. uh, which is the increasing presence of, of uh, far-right uh, neo-Nazi organizations. Uh, you work for one of Sweden's uh, most prominent human rights organizations, Civil Rights Defenders. Uh, and this is an issue you are grappling with in, in your uh, work yeah. in, in Sweden. But how would you describe what, uh, what is the discussion this year? Uh, what's happened since, since we last met uh, in Almedalen last year? I mean, I think uh, the discussion is still very present. The same discussion we had last year is still very present this year. We have uh, the Nordic resistance movement present again in Almedalen, but we also have other right-wing extremist parties uh, present and uh, I think the, the, the trend towards greater presence in, 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 you know, in, the, in, in the public sphere of these parties, of these groups and organizations, it, it is increasing. Um, what, what does the presence look like? I mean, give us an example. What, what's changed? I mean, it is it is their presence in events like this, in you know, in in events where a lot of people, uh, where a lot of people are present, where uh, there is uh, a lot of de de political debate, where they are tried, where they try to um, to influence and uh, through in different ways, but also using you know their their presence as a way of disturbing the, the democratic dialogue that is, that is going on here mm. and uh, of course they do that through uh, holding speeches where they um, you know propagate their their ideology uh, but they also do that through uh, trying to disturb uh, what others are doing here uh, targeting uh, organizations but also individuals so uh, spreading fear, uh, I think, is, is very much the way they work. And uh, I mean, similar to, to last year, we have a situation where they've actually, this year, they've not been a, in, allowed into, uh, you know, take part in the official program of Almadal. Because that was the big question last year. Yes. Or there was a lot of, uh, uh, they were given that permission last year. Uh, and, and then a lot of organizations protested yes. uh, because they felt it interfered with their yes. uh, right to, to be here. Uh, so, but this, this year they've not been given that space. No, they yeah. haven't been given mm. uh, that space by the organizers uh, of Almedalen. Uh, but what they've been given is, is permission by the police to hold public meetings. Uh, so I think... Um, 
tomorrow and for, for the last three days of Almedal and they will have uh, meetings, hold speeches down at the harbour. Uh, and they've also give, been given uh, permission to have a, a table at, uh, in one of the squares here in, uh, in Visby. Um, and in, actually that space that they are using is very close to the space that is used by RFSL, the uh, LGBT organization. And so they have felt, you know, uh, pressured to to uh, to leave Gotland. Yeah, uh, they've cancelled. They've cancelled yeah. all their events. Mm. Um, so I think that's a very concrete uh, result or consequence uh, of of Enemer's uh, presence mm. here. Mm. And it's also how they work. Mm. I mean, that is their aim mm. to to bring fear into this context. Mm. Mm. and and, and uh, affect the, the, the debate, the dialogue that's going on mm. and, and to uh, silence voices mm. of, of minority groups. So what's, as, as a human rights organization and a lawyer, uh, what, what, what's your recommendation? What do you think should be the position? Should they be allowed uh, to be here? Um, I mean, I, I, we try uh, as an organization to, to challenge uh, this situation by using uh, the law. Uh, so, so last year we we appealed the, the decision by the police to, to give permission. Uh, we were not granted uh, standing before the court because the, the court said we were not affected in a way that we had standing before the court. So we couldn't get the actual the case tried on on the merits. Um, but we uh, later on last year, uh, the, there was uh, the Nordic resistance movement uh, in Gothenburg organized uh, a march, a demonstration uh, on the same day as uh, the, the Jewish community there celebrated uh, uh, Yom Kippur. So then we, we uh, came in to, to represent the Jewish community and the synagogue. In, and, and then we were given standing. So what we argued then, and what is our argument, is that based on international law, Sweden actually has an obligation to, to prevent racist uh, propaganda events. Uh, and this, I mean, these events are clearly the, that type of event. Mm. Uh, but we're not doing that. Uh, so we are arguing that you must interpret Swedish legislation in, in the light of international law mm. and then you must have the possibility to at least in in, in some situations uh, be able to stop uh, and not give the right to hold demonstrations mm. it doesn't mean that you know they should never be allowed to hold demonstrations uh, but there should be limits to you know in, in terms of uh, timing or or uh, or place mm. and when it infringes on and someone else's exactly right so that that's really yeah. our second argument that it you know it infringes on on the rights of others uh, the right to uh, right of free expression and and right to meet um, and it's like the, the 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 way the law is applied 
currently and the, the way it's applied also here in Almedal and this year they, 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 the police aim at applying it equally irrespective of who applies but the consequence is that you know some groups are affected negatively in terms of exercising their their rights so uh, the LGBT community they can't hold their events anymore this year so they're completely negatively affected and I think you, you we need to balance the rights uh, the different rights at stake in these situations um, and I also think we need to kind of look at as a society and decide what you know how far can we accept certain expressions in a democratic society where is the limit uh, and and I think you know we have there are already limits in terms of um, hate speech which is uh, forbidden uh, but the, the, the when it comes to uh, the right to demonstrate or right to assemble uh, we also need to look at limiting that in a better way mm. um, and I think what's what we're seeing is that we see a change in how the police uh, evaluated these situations 10-15 years ago where they were much more restrictive and I think we have today a much more allowing approach uh, and we refer to freedom of speech very often mm. and that that is kind of sacred uh, but I think we must start to realize that that has a price mm. if we uh, if we really protect freedom of speech to such a degree it has negative consequences and we, we need to be aware of that and also balance the right the different rights mm. uh, at stake because the argument is that as long as it's not using violence physical violence then it should be allowed that's what the moderate party leader also yeah uh, argued in his uh, mm. speech here on on monday yeah. uh, but but you're saying actually speech and expression can be violent yes. enough that it yes yeah, it doesn't it's have a to form be of violence. it's a yeah. form of violence mm. and and it hasn't doesn't have to be you know, it it doesn't have to be um, physical violence, but also it doesn't have to be, you know, propagating for violence. It, ha it it's enough if it's uh, degrading language that you use uh, in relation to a certain group of mm. people. Mm. So, what do you say about? Uh, we just passed uh, one of the public spaces here, the square, yeah. where. Uh, earlier today there was uh, a kind of performance or uh, yeah performance uh, mm. where another uh, far-right uh, yeah. new new party um, they were dressed up in burkas and mm. they had some uh, Arabic music on and uh, mm. yeah is that and they were saying is this is this the Sweden you want uh, yeah. basically yeah so I mean, I, I think that uh, what I would like to see is for more cases to be tried uh, in court, to really understand uh, where the limit is. Uh, and I think, you know, expressions like that could very well be illegal. Uh, I think 
currently the police is interpreting, and the police and the prosecutor, is interpreting uh, the, the, the crime of, of hate speech very narrowly. So being allowing for a lot to kind of pass as acceptable. But I would like to, I mean, my interpretation also looking at, at the case law from the Supreme Court, which is now old, uh, and we, we need really new case law, but looking at what we have is that, you know, it, the law could be interpreted much more extensively, so covering many more types of expressions and defining them as, as hate speech. And I, I, you know, expressions like this, I definitely could be, could be hate speech and it should be tried by courts. But the problem is really to get these cases to court because most of the time they are closed by, by the police and the prosecutor. Uh, and I think they, they would need to become more proactive in, in pushing cases that you know, they might think would, will not fit into you know, the definition of hate speech, but at least try to push the boundaries to see where, where are the boundaries. Thank you very much, John, for, for joining us, and we'll, I, I assume we'll continue this discussion uh, next year. Thank you. That was Malin Aud, our Stockholm office director, interviewing John Stauffer, the legal director at the NGO Civil Rights Defenders from Almadalen. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with more interviews with experts from around the world on the latest issues affecting human rights and international humanitarian law.